Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hey, Changemaker. Thank you so much for visiting Grant Writing and Funding Podcast. And I am Holly Rustic, your host today, and I coach freelance grant writers through business design and skill mastery so they can 10x their results, all from the comfort of their own home. And that may be you, right? Maybe you're looking at transitioning into becoming a freelance grant writer or just to building your business. And that is what I can help you do. Somebody else can also help you do that. It is our guest today, Rodney Walker. And I'm really, really excited about this interview with Rodney. We had a lot of fun. We recently became friends on LinkedIn and just started communicating. And he is just one of the most positive, inspiring people that I have met so far. And it's just absolutely great. You're going to love him. He's just full of positivity. He's full of great tips. And he has vast information and experience on working in the grant writing world. His bio is gold. So you're going to see just um, just the quality of people that I get on this show has just been great. We heard from Alexis Cook just last month, and she's just amazing in Unlock Nashville. So if you did not catch that episode, please do check it out. Um, we've also been able to interview Matt Hugs, and he'll be coming on the show next month. So Rodney Walker is just great. He has, a like I said, great information. So I'm just going to read his bio so you can see how amazing he is. Um, But before I do that, I just want to give a quick shout out as I like to do just to thank the people that leave reviews on iTunes or for my books or anything else just because I know it's an extra step for you to do and I really do appreciate it. And this review is from Fred Flowers 323 and it's on for the podcast. And he says, great info, very good information. Love the show. And I love it. It's just super simple, but it means so much to me and it says so much in itself. It's packed full of, with a punch. So I love it. So in Fred Flowers, we've actually became friends on Instagram several months ago and have been going back and forth. And I know he's doing a lot in his business. So thank you so much, Fred, for leaving that review. I really appreciate that. Okay, so I'm going to get into uh, Rodney's bio before he comes on the show. And if you want to watch this on YouTube, remember we do have a YouTube channel, Grant Writing and Funding. So please check it out if you would like to see the visual part of it. So Rodney Walker is the president of Grant Central USA and is a highly sought after grant development systems expert that helps thousands of organizations nationwide to get funded. With over 14,000 members in his online discussion group, he influences and inspires people to do a better job of telling their organizational stories to become more attractive to funders. He has helped his clients raise over $357 million in grants and conducts the ultimate grant writing that gets funded, training workshops nationwide to empower nonprofits, government agencies, and individuals on the best ways to secure grant funding. 
A few of his clients, I just want to mention these, United Way, Habitat for Humanity, the Magic Johnson Foundation, the Bush Foundation, Hawaii State Teachers Association, and numerous school districts and city governments. He's also worked with celebrity clients like Danny Glover. So super duper cool. He's appeared on ABC, NBC, and CBS News. He's done so much work in grant writing and securing grants and working with foundations. So very, very cool. He also has an MBA and has a certificate in nonprofit management from Duke University and completed his undergraduate studies at the University of Texas in Austin. So very, very cool. I'm super excited. I hope you enjoyed this. I know you're going to enjoy this interview. So please leave any feedback and please also check out grantwritingandfunding.com if you would like direct links to what Rodney's doing as I'll leave all the show notes there. Awesome. All right, guys, please enjoy the show. All right. Hi, my name is Holly Rustic, and I am the founder of Grant Writing and Funding, and I'm here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. And I have someone super awesome today on the show. I'm really excited because this guy, he is so inspiring. He's so motivating. He has a lot of experience. You guys are going to love him. Anyways, who I have on the show today is Mr. Rodney Walker, and he is the president of Grant Central USA. So you may have seen him on LinkedIn. He is like shining all over that place. And he's amazing. He's been a grant writer for a long time. He's been doing grant workshops for a long time. He helps other people start grant writing businesses and he does grant writing. So a lot of the similarities to what I do. So we were like, hey, I like sent him a message on LinkedIn and I was like, hey, we need to connect because we have a lot of things in common. So he was, and he got right back to me. So thank you for that, Rodney. I appreciate that. And yeah, and then you're like, yeah, let's connect like right away. So one thing led to another and here we are. So welcome to the show, Rodney. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so very much for having me, Holly. I'm honored to be on your show and a fan of the work that you've been doing. I've been seeing your work for a number of years and been able to see the great website and the great information. So I'm honored to be here with you on today. Awesome. Yeah. And he also has a great, great website. So you guys do check it out. It's just grantcentralusa.com and be sure to check him out on LinkedIn. But before we get into that, before people are grabbing their phones and going to different places, let's hear about you and your story because I'm so inspired and I love all the motivation work that you do, by the way, just as a side Thank note, you. and we will definitely get into that later. But I know my listeners out there, they're just going to want to know a little bit about who's this guy? Why is he on the show? So can you kind of give us a backdrop to your working grants and why you even got started in it? Great. I'd be happy to. You know, I got started with grants a number of years ago and I was working, Holly, at the time for a nonprofit organization back in Austin, Texas. I was at the time a director for the youth and education department of this nonprofit. And we had a contracted grant writer. Contracted grant writer would come around to like three, four of us directors, ask us these questions, take some notes, write a few things down on paper. And then she would take that information, go back and give it to a funder. And about two months later, she was coming back letting us know that we had gotten funded. And I was blown away with that. I was like, wow, she just took my words, her words, his words, and she wrote down something on paper. And then somebody turned around and gave her money, green money. And I'm like, okay, I need to learn how to do this. So I never forget, Holly, I was asking, I was like, hey, will you? I asked her, you know, naively at the time, hey, would you show me how to do this? And she was like, Friday, if you don't get away from me. <laughs> I ain't giving you my business. <laughs> Trying to take my business, take my, take my 
<laughs> and I, I think I was too young and too naive to realize it at the time. But I was really, truly trying to learn this so that I could garner more money for the young people that I was looking to serve. And I saw this is one deal. So long story short, I decided to write a grant proposal and it took me forever. I didn't have you know, the guidance of someone like you to kind of guide me along. Mm -hmm. So what happened, I just kind of dove into the process and felt flat on my face, submitted a proposal for $25,000 to the Hall Foundation back in Austin, Texas. Didn't realize that I was making every single mistake that I could have made. Mm -hmm. The program officer, however, read the proposal and then at the very end, she sent me a really nice rejection letter, but at the very end of it, she made mention, she said, if you'd like to come in and discuss the problem areas with your proposal, be happy to discuss that with you. Oh, that's I nice. Took it, on offer. it was really Yeah, nice. you don't see that very often. <laughs> that's yeah, really I, nice. I took her up on an offer, never got funding from her, but that meeting lasted for about an hour. She gave me some great insight and I didn't get funded. I ended up moving to where I live now in the Pasadena area of California and still didn't know what I was doing with grants. And wanted to learn and so this time i decided to go to school i decided to take several classes i kind of really became a sponge and read everything i could get my hands on classes from multiple places and got a lot of knowledge in it and then became successful in it one of my professors saw that i kind of had a knack for it and asked me hey, have you ever thought about doing this as a career father thing from my mind i wasn't thinking about that i was just trying to get funded but after that uh, i gave it some thought and then i got funded by this time and then I started sharing the knowledge with other people. They started getting funded. One thing led to the next. And long story short, here I am to this day. Wow, that's amazing. Can you kind of just share with me? Because I always think this is so interesting. Like your first grant you got funded. My first grant, what? Yeah, that you got funded, that was awarded. Excuse me, that was awarded. Okay. So the, the first grant that I got funded was for a youth development program. Of course, I was still doing work with a lot of youth. And that was one of the areas I was really passionate about. And really helping. So this first grant was a grant that I developed and I wrote it up and it was for a youth kind of like entrepreneurship program, helping young people learn how to take the skill and knowledge of being a entrepreneur and convert it and develop their own business. And it was connected with a local high school in the Pasadena area. Wrote that and then that got funded. And it was really cool because they got funded, we got funded to do the program. But I was also on the end, not just as a distant grant writer writing a proposal, but I was actually on the end of delivering the service as well. So that became doubly exciting as well. So, and it was a grant proposal that allowed us to, to work with these young people over the course of a semester. And many of them got some great skills and it was, uh, it was really nice being able to give back in that regard. That's amazing. I love it. Everyone always remembers like your first grant, right? Like your first one. It's, it's so exciting. And I also kind of want to talk about that for a little bit because you said you were able then to be funded to do services within that grant, right? So you were, were you like one of the project directors or, or something like that? Is that correct? Yeah, I was like the project director carrying it out and really kind of executing it because I love giving back and really sewing into people and mm -hmm. young people really have a heart for really work with them and seeing them being inspired. So it was great on that sense. I was able to be like the project director for this project. It's yeah. called Balls, Building Opportunities for Strategic Success, helping mm -hmm. them to move forward in that regard. Cool. But I, I love that too, because it's a lot of times, you know, the myth, they're like, Holly, can't you just, you know, I want you to write my grant, but can't you just write yourself in it? So if it gets funded, you get paid. And 
there's always that, you know, no pre-work can be paid for, right, to write the grant. But sure, if I'm passionate about the project, I can write myself as the project director to also get paid for a service after the grant's awarded. But I'm always very clear, it doesn't pay for the grant writing that I did. Because, you know, that's, you can't do that, right? A lot of people, there's this huge misconception out there, right? There's this myth floating around that people can yeah. do that. And it's, but I, I, they love it though. Yeah, and I tell people, you can get paid as a project coordinator, project director, and a lot of times, the organization will want to hire you because you know the program inside and out because you wrote that grant but you still yeah. need to get paid for writing the grant right so for the absolutely I, I i'm like i don't my computer doesn't even turn on until i have half the money in, in hand <laughs> right it can't even come on we need that to, <laughs> fuel the computer to turn it on and you know, somewhere in i don't know where this comes from but but there's this perception that you do the work and you get the results, then you get paid. No, we're we're putting in we're putting in thought, we're putting in energy, we're putting in education, time people have invested into your training to learn this information so that they can be able to go and write these grants. And that has cost them. That's been an investment. So if there's already been an investment on our end with the knowledge and the insight. We should be compensated for that, and you know I tell them all the time, say, and we should be compensated well yeah. for that, mm -hmm. and bring that to the table from day one. And then, like you said, all those other things are just like you know gravy. You get you get funded, you get a chance to carry out some of the aspects of that's a different that's a different check. It's a different contract entirely. <laughs> so I love that. And then you mentioned, I like how you mentioned too, like your computer doesn't turn on until you get hacked. So is that pretty much, is that a lot kind of your normal kind of concept of how you do work is like 50% up front or a certain percentage, just a deposit to even start the work? That's a great question. You know, I do, these days I do a lot less on the grant writing myself. I do mm -hmm. more training these days. And really empowering people to get the knowledge and the skill. But when I was doing more of the grant writing as a contractor grant writer, in those times, you know, I would converse and talk with the potential client. And in the midst of that, once we had come to terms that they felt like I was a good fit, and I felt like I, they were a good fit for me, and most that I said that they were a good fit for me because I believe too many. Too many grant writers when they're doing a grant writing business don't vet the client mm -hmm. they have the client simply vet them so it needs for me it needed to be mutual i feel like hey you are a good client that i the type of client that i want to work with yeah. <laughs> and then vice versa so after that was determined then i typically would go into an agreement that i would formulate which was a simple one-page agreement that detailed what would happen mm -hmm. and so my suggestion to those that are doing this as a business, that you have an agreement and that you set the terms. Mm -hmm. You're the one that's providing a valuable bit of information to them to help them get funded. And so the terms need to be clarified. And I like to say the terms need to be clarified by you, what you're going to deliver, and then detail what they're going to give you by a certain time and a certain date. And mm -hmm. even in that contractual agreement, one thing that I used to do is let them know when they're going to be giving me what they need to give me, when I'm going to be giving them, and also really specifying that we're not going to be doing no ping pong going back and forth. You having me do this thing, make revisions 50 times, and no, right. one revision, 
one revision, and then after that one re revision that we have, then you get the final. And it's stated really clearly in the proposal. If not, we could continue this work, but it's going to be at this rate per hour or whatever you determine. So, so that kept a lot of back and forth from, from happening. And that's how I used to handle it. I was doing more than practice. That's really good. That, I mean, that's super great advice. And I know a lot of you that are listening or watching this, you're, you're here because you, you want to advance your grant writing skills. And a lot of you want to transition into becoming freelance grant writers. So this is gold for you guys. So thank you for sharing that, Rodney, because I think that's important too, to be like, you know, and I talk about that too, as far as like vetting your nonprofit or staying in your lane or getting really good first at certain grants that really resonate with you. Right. And it's not about like, oh, I'm going to write every single grant for every single nonprofit out there because they're all so different. And some oh. people, yeah, like some people might like, like the big ones, you know what I mean? But I'm like, if you're going to work with a big, you know, like big dog out there, they're going to be asking how many wins have you have? How many, how much money have you secured? They're going to be a lot more picky. So if you're just starting out, sometimes it is easier to get your foot in the door with the small ones. You know what I mean? The startups, yeah. but you got to work yourself and figure out where you want to go. Right. Yeah. So did you want to talk about that a little bit? Because I know that is. Yeah, I'd be happy to. I mean, that's good advice you've already given them there. Mm -hmm. Just adding on to what you've already said is, is you I, I really like to encourage those that are doing this to really spend some serious time thinking about what do you want? Like, mm -hmm. who are your ideal clients? And, and really detailing that and, and really forming a list. Hey, here's what my ideal client looks like. Mm -hmm. And then also forming another list, here's what my ideal client does not look like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it makes it really easy when you have that to vet which clients you work with and which ones you don't. I've been known to, to let go of clients, to fire clients. And I've also been, but, but I do less of that now because on the front end, I do a much better job of vetting. Mm -hmm. Right for them based upon that list that I have. And if somebody is, is not fitting into the ideal client range, I politely continue to point them in a different direction, let them know, hey, there's a lot of other grant writers here you can point you to. For instance, on my list, I didn't want to have any cheap, penny-pinching uh, nonprofit organizations that I work with in that regard. There are plenty of other people, plenty of other grant writers that be happy to take them and I'll be happy to point them to those mm -hmm. the type of ones that I want to work with I wanted to know wanted them to see and to know my value mm -hmm. and to compensate me accordingly which meant that I needed to do some things to set my reputation before them so they could see the value that I would be bringing to them and then when we came to terms that I was the fit for them and I came to terms that they were fit for me that we were not arguing and fighting, fighting over a little penny pitching deal. So that that's that's not kind of some of how I do some of that. Yeah, no, that I that's great. And how did how did you set yourself up? Because a lot of people are like that's great. If you've won a lot of grants or if you've done you know your your nonprofit management degree or whatnot, right? But like, how do you provide that value? Because a lot of the clients that might be or the people that might be listening today, they might be saying. I haven't won any grant. Mm -hmm. How do I set myself up for value so I can be more choosy, right? That's like, a great, can, yeah. That's yeah. a great question. And I think the way you would do value on the on the front end, let me tell you what I did and let me tell you what I really suggest now. 
Yeah. I really recommend, based upon what I did at first, I didn't know any better. I was just like everybody else starting out. Like, hey, how did I do this? How did I get clients in this area? Okay. So, so you scratch your head trying to figure out how you need your very first line. This is exactly what I did when, after my professor told me, hey, have you ever thought about doing this as a career? Well, I hadn't at the time. But after I started giving some thought, I had done some consulting in times past. And one of the ways that I attracted clients then was by doing free workshops. And that fit for me. That may not fit for everybody. Everybody may not feel comfortable doing a workshop. That's what I did. I did a free workshop. And I told people, hey, anybody wants to come, you come. And I did the workshop for about three or four hours. My professor at the time had given me a book and allowed me to sell his book for like $25. And don't forget it, about eight people bought that book. But the thing that was really, really interesting was that I had a lady who came to that free workshop. And then after she came to that free workshop, she was like, oh, I love this. Can you come over to my grad school and do the workshop over there? I said, sure, I'll be happy to. Thinking again how there's going to be like another 10, maybe 12 people there. Man, I didn't realize this graduate school was going to send a notification out to people in a 30-mile radius. Wow. So it ended up being like 75-plus people that came to that workshop. <laughs> and so now I'm like, wow, this just turned into like a quick couple of grand around. I need to do some more of these, is what I was thinking, okay? I, I said all to say that that was kind of what got me into the training side of things. But if we bring it back home to how do you do this if you're new, just starting out, the overarching thing of what I'm saying is add value right now with what you know. And remember, in the kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed lady is queen. Or in the kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. <laughs> if, they, if, if they're operating, they're blind, you got one eye, you can see what's going on. You've got something to share. Share that information in an article. Share that information in a blog. Share it in a video. Get your message out so that people know that you exist and share that insight and give. Don't, don't be afraid to give away free information mm -hmm. that will help them where they see the value on the front because oh. it comes back later. I love that. And you know, I, I work with a coach too. And she was, she was saying she, that's how she got started into her business consulting, right? Where she worked with a few people and she said, all right, I'm going to give this to you for free for like, I think it was three months, like my consulting with you once a week or whatever. And if you love it, then you can hire me after that. And you know, all of them hired her. All of them ended up hiring her after the three free months because of the value, like you said, that she gave. And they could see their ROI, like increasing the work that they did with this coach, right? So that was kind of her foot in the door. And then she was able to make millions, like just because of that, like, you know, and she learned from that. So I just think that's so good. Like, yeah, per, like you said, most people, they have no idea about grants. And it's almost like, they build this block in their head to like, oh, it's going to be difficult. Like grant writing is difficult. Like it's like, mm -hmm. and it, it can be like, I guess, you know, it's, it can be technical, I would say, but they build like this huge barrier. So as soon as they are confronted with it, they're like, oh, that's overwhelming. Instead of it, you know what I mean? Like the, it's kind of like yeah. they do it to themselves. So it's like, okay, it's actually not that difficult. It's just, there's certain things that you have to follow. Right. So yeah. yeah. But yes. like you said, most people are operating blind. And if you yeah. just have a partial part of it to see, then you were like ahead of them <laughs> completely. Yeah. So and I think I think I think the I think we sometimes just 
forget the humanness of it. I know I have. And, and realizing that there are so many ways that we can add value to people's lives that don't have to solely be connected with grants. Even though you may be a grant writer, you may have a way to help a nonprofit be more efficient in that in a different area that's mm -hmm. not related to grants at all. And if you can add value and they hear the value on the front end, it begins to catch people's attention and allows them to say, oh, wow, she helped me in this area. Well, maybe, let me, what else does she do? What else does he do? And so I found that to be really interesting and in that just adding value and allowing people to know that you exist. The big problem that a lot of a lot of freelancers have that I found is that nobody knows that they exist mm. because they haven't gotten their message out through articles by using social media, mm -hmm. you know, by getting doing videos, by doing something to get on people's radar. It it, it challenge. So I'm always a big advocate for anybody doing any business, two big things. And this is something I heard from Peter Drucker, which was you've got to be marketing, mm -hmm. you've got to be innovative and mm -hmm. bringing new fresh ideas to the marketplace. It helps people to, to thrive. It helps organizations, organizations to be able to thrive. So, so I, I really say, okay, great. As much as you learn the craft of grant writing, make it your business to learn the craft of marketing. If you don't know how to market, man, there are dozens of videos on YouTube, on yeah. all kinds of places, all kinds of books. Learn, really learn, uh, which which allows them to present themselves in a, in a wide array of areas to, to start attracting business. Because there's one point in the United States alone, 1.5 million nonprofit organizations. That's a lot of nonprofit organizations. And Holly, you and I, are, are, are serving a small pinch of that market, which means that there's enough room for them to come in and get, get some of that business. Absolutely. And we want them to. We, we want them to get that business. That's why we're doing this right now. We want to see you win. That's right. That's right. Because that, that's, you know, and I know that's a part of your mission too, and it's a part of mine is I want to see the advancement of nonprofits' mission in the world, right? all of their missions. And it's that's through the mechanism of money, right? That's how it's done. Like it's, it's just amazing. And if I just do all the grant writing myself, there's only a certain amount of hours I have and a certain amount of nonprofits that I can serve and just like you, right? But if you can spread your knowledge and you're sharing it in your different courses and webinars, and then you train more people to be grant writers that can serve more nonprofits. So it's almost like you're duplicating you know, yourself in a way, right, to serve others, which is amazing. And then that serves more people. So it's just, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, no holding back. I love it. I love what you're doing. <laughs> so because I'm like, it's just right in line with what I'm doing too. So I was like, this guy, man, he's awesome. So Thank yeah, you. you're welcome. Yeah. So tell me a little bit then. Okay, so you started off and I know you did a lot of in-person before too. And like you said, you have to be innovative. So you've changed more of your stuff online too. But like, what are some of the challenges you've had in your business, right? And then what are some of the solutions or, or ways, like if you could go back and change something, you know what I mean? Like, what would you do if right. you anything at all? Okay, I'll tell you about a number. Let me tell you, let me tell you about the first mistake that I made that I would say was a big mistake that I made in doing business when I first started out. 
Okay, so like any other business when you first start out, you're new to the marketplace in that area. So you look around, look to the left, look to the right, you look up, look down, you look and see what everybody else is doing. <laughs> and then you start doing what I call monkey see, monkey do. Mm. <laughs> so, oh, this is what they're pricing. Okay, a monkey see, monkey do. Let me price mine up around the same price. Uh, or this is what they're doing. And you copy the same thing. And one of uh, my competitors at the time that was doing something I was doing, they were hiding. They were hiding behind the scenes. So I said, oh, I need to hide behind the scenes as well. So um. can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> that was the biggest mistake that I could have made. I didn't realize that. Because people, especially in our time right now, they appreciate transparency. They mm -hmm. appreciate knowing who is the person behind the company. That's why there are certain people that Holly, I will never, ever connect with. They are connected with Holly. They love Holly's personality mm -hmm. and vice versa. There's some people like, hey, Rodney's that ball with the guy. That's my guy. Okay. So, so it allows us to, to be naturally us. Mm -hmm. And to know that there, there, there's enough in the marketplace for whoever we are. Mm -hmm. And to come to the market space being you, that you don't have to be the ball-headed guy. You don't have to be the Holly. You can be you. And there's room for you. Absolutely. You. And so that was the big, mis big mistake, was hiding. That was the first thing. The second thing that I would say that was a, um, a, a challenge for me is that things are always changing. Things are always changing. And one part of my business that I had, we were doing trainings literally all across the United States, traveling all over. And, and then I decided that it was time for me to re-engineer my business because I got tired of doing the plan. I got tired of having to send people out. And then you had these live events that we were doing, having to cancel some events if we didn't hit a certain number. And then you had just so many, so much logistical pieces that were connected. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. for me, re-engineering my business to be more online was more advantageous. Now, it took time to have to do that. Mm -hmm. so, so that was a challenge, which meant that, okay, hey, great, you got to do things different, which means that, right, you got to change. <laughs> you got to change. Things on that side are already changing, but if you don't change with the times, then you have the potential of becoming irrelevant and the potential of becoming extinct. And I don't want either one of those. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so that meant for me having to learn new skills, uh, adapt, become adapted, and then also having to say, okay, great. Hey, how can I do what I'm doing better? Which means that I'm continuously having to innovate. And then really, here's the big one. Simply follow my face. Follow my face. Bam. Oh, that didn't work. <laughs> okay, great. Next. I think one of the things that became a strength. It wasn't a strength at first. It was actually a weakness. It's like, okay, great. I failed. And then kind of hold my head. And realizing that no, the best way to get to success is through failing. And really now embracing failing. So so I had to change my mindset on that. And one of the mindset shifts that I had with it, Holly, was really taking failure and making failure my best friend. So I now call it my best friend failure and 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 learn the lessons from the failure and really running with it. I'll share one more with you real quickly. This was a, uh, I had a big failure about maybe about a year, about two years ago, where I had a large sum of money that was supposed to come in. And I'm like, okay, great. This is great. And I had all of my eggs in one bag. Yep, yep. <laughs> so 
for the little time frame, you know, I'm thinking that this large sum is getting ready to pop in and it didn't come in, which meant that you go flop on my face with And so one of the things that I really encourage organizations to do and individuals that are doing this is to try to diversify your services so that you're never dependent upon one thing. Mm-hmm. After learning that, after having experienced that, I decided, hey, okay, great. I got to change things up and, 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 and have multiple pieces working for me. So if someone is doing a grant writing business, you know, it's like, great. Can, what else can you add to that that can add value that allows you to continue to do the grant writing business? But maybe on this other side, maybe you're doing fund development reports for these organizations as well as another revenue stream. Or maybe over here you're doing uh, organizations that simply want somebody to review their proposals before they submit it in. Maybe that's an additional service. But diversifying to be able to give yourself more opportunities to win. That was a big lesson that I had to learn as well. Oh, that's, those are so good. I love that. And thank you for sharing. I mean, absolutely. yeah, that just, and I, I totally, the podcast listeners out there, YouTube uh, watchers, you guys see there's always different things. It's never just about grant writing. That's why it's grant writing and funding. So it's about finding those different streams of saying, you know, uh, we talked about, doing research recently and i said doing irb needs and strengths assessments you know that could be something that you could do for money as its own product or service right and then you could also go ahead and add that in for your grant research then those people would be more apt to hire you to write grants because you've done all the research you can grab from that you know you absolutely that's how i got my first that's actually i got my first grant writing client oh cool Uh, let me back up let me say this I have, um, I, was, I was at a point in my life where I was working on a second master's degree mm-hmm. and was trying to get a job and could not land a job. And so I was going in interviewing with people that I was more qualified to do their job than they were. Oh, wow. And after going through this for a long season, mm-hmm. months, one day it hit me like, hey, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You just do your business. Stop tripping. And I often get going down to some of my friends and letting them know, hey, you know, I decided to start my, my grant business. And I know they had it in their minds. I know they had to be thinking, he's crazy. You've been trying to get a job a long time. You can't get a job. And so now what's he going to do? He's going to start a business? <laughs> <laughs> so I know get. I asked him, I said, do you know anybody you can refer me to? And they gave me two or three names. I followed up on those two or three names. And then one of them that I met with, she was an executive director, did not hire me at the time on the spot to do the grant writing. Because again, I'm fresh, I'm new, not knowing what I'm doing, fumbling and stumbling my way through. Okay. Mm-hmm. But she eventually started seeing me, this other foundation hired me to do some consulting work. And she started seeing me out and about, still moving forward there. And then she eventually reached back out to me about doing a fund development report. You know, getting like $2,500 to put together this fund development report for her. We did a good job of that, presented her with about 100 plus different potential funders, put in a nice, nice binder, had a real nice and neat table of content, different sections so she could see which organizations there were, which ones, uh, deadlines, and also had another column listing out those that uh, the way they wanted to be approached, either LOI full-blown proposal or telephone call, whatever. So I put that together. Then they turn around 
They said, great, we want you to write a first, write, write the proposal as well. So that led into it. But it all started for me with being denied an opportunity to work. And so I literally had to give myself a job. I said, you know what? I'm going to hire me. And you know what? That was the best. I, I look back now, I'm like, hey, I'm so grateful and happy. At, at the time, I wasn't. But now I'm glad that those yeah. doors had opened. It mm-hmm. forced me to dig deep to do what was already inside of me that I should have been doing in the first place. That's so funny. That's That's pretty much a similar story that because I did the same thing like I totally get it like I um was working at a nonprofit. I decided not to work there anymore and I was like I had been applying for other jobs nothing had come through and then when I sent out my letters to all or my email to all my contacts to be like you know no longer be working with this the nonprofit. you know just like when you leave a job like here's how else you can contact me or just so they know right who the point of contact is a new one and right from that one of um my my partners, I guess, or a relationship, um, they contacted me right away. They said, if you're leaving, can we hire you to write a grant? And I was like, sure. <laughs> and, it was like, and then that grant got awarded and it just, you know, it all started. So um, yeah. it was interesting just to be like, you know, I had been looking at these other jobs and I was like, nothing's happening. And it was the same thing. Like, I know I'm supposed to be starting my own business and I know that that's what I yeah. want to do, but it was like, oh, it's so much easier just to look for a job. And then when I was like, no, actually, this is way better. And yeah, I mean, it took a little, you know, it took a little bit of time to get my, you know, to figure it out. Like you said, you're stumbling and you're figuring everything out. And, but then I realized, okay, this is, this is awesome. Like, I love it. But I love that how you talked about um, going back to your name, right? Like one of your, one of the, the things that you said, you wish you would have kind of done differently in the beginning, because I think this is really important. This is what a lot of people struggle with is how do I brand? Should I brand me or should I brand the company? And I know I struggled with this a lot too. I even like changed my business name as I went through things. And I use a lot like Holly Rustic, but then I use grant writing and funding a lot. So I know there's a lot of, what do you use exactly? And, um, and there is, there's this huge ethos right now out in the world to use yourself, right? Because people want to connect with you. But how do they find you is sometimes your name. Like you have a yeah. Grant Central USA, like people are going to look up grants and then your website's going to pop up and you're going to pop up. So, you know, can you just kind of talk about that a little bit more? Because I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I'd be happy to. I think if looking back at everything now, mm-hmm. in hindsight, I would have done things completely different now. So those listeners that are part of your podcast get an opportunity to learn from you and I and kind of hear what we've done. So looking back at it, when I first started, I started out as Grant Central USA. And it's still Grant Central USA to this day. Remember, at first, I was playing hide and go seek. Yeah. Who is Grant Central USA? <laughs> and then I came to the forefront, and I didn't realize that people wanted that. Oh, wow. They wanted that. They connected more. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now, for those that are just starting out, my suggestion is to bring you. People are buying your reputation, okay? They're buying you, okay? And when you brand you, you have the benefit that as you grow and as you evolve, you may do other things in the future, okay? And you are still you, that's not going to change. You're going to change different. You may put on different hats, but you're still you. 
And so when you do that, it provides you that added benefit. So if you're grant writing, you know, grant writing with your name, grant writing with you. Today, one of the things I do as it relates to grants, it's get funded with writing. Okay. So a lot of things I push on that is, hey, get funded with writing. And Grant Central USA still exists. It's still the main name of the company, but there's more of a shift. So, okay, great. Hey, this is grant writing with me. And, and those that are doing services, I would say if you don't want a brand, you absolutely positively should be investing at least 50% of your time into learning how to brand and market yourself. Mm-hmm. And beautiful things they have people like you that have had these lessons that you've already done and you've gone through some of this already. You they get a chance when they work with you to benefit from that. And there are other people and there's things online become a sponge. The information, a lot of the information is out there waiting for you. You just got to put in the time and energy to say, okay, great. I'm going to make a commitment to doing this because my future depends on it. I'm not sure if the listeners know this, but by the year 2027, it is estimated that there are going to be more freelancers in the workplace than there are people actually working in a traditional job, that same one traditional job. The numbers are going to flip by 2027. Oh, that's real. And I haven't heard that stat yet. That's super cool. It doesn't surprise me at all. But yeah, yeah. Neat. the workplace is completely changing. The market right now is dominated by people that are working just with a traditional job, but it's going to flip by 2027. And, and with that being the case, they can get ahead of those listeners can get ahead of the game right now by learning how to be freelancers and actually know how to market, get their names out to the right places and begin to build a sense of trust and a reputation. And I would say, I would say, if you don't know, Google. Google is your friend, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's free. Not, I would say yeah. it's free. Get some books. Get some books. Learn how to use social media. That's where the attention is these days. Yeah. The attention is there. And it's not like it costs you money that you have to pay to be able to use these platforms. So I'm saying take advantage of it. Take advantage of it while it's there. Yeah. If you don't know how to use YouTube, Google how to use it. This right here, this little phone, this is my best friend. Okay. It's not like you have to have expensive equipment. This allows me to do social media, get my information out there. It also allows me to get videos out there. It allows me to do a lot of things. So, so I would say spend time, take a class, go somewhere, go to the community college, take a class, learn how to do it, and get yourself out there and, and start, start there. Because uh, you do so, going to you, going to other places to get information, it's a great place to, to start and learn. That's so good. That, that's so good. Yeah, and I, I think even if someone was like, okay, that's, oh my gosh, you know, I got to learn this now. And it's like, as an entrepreneur, you do. It's What that's I realized good. is, yeah, it's, um, it's not even, you have, it, I mean, learning certain skills, yes. But it's, for me too, it's more about just accepting that you're always going to be learning. You're never yes. gonna like arrive. Doesn't exist. Yeah. So you know, you just gotta be comfortable with you're not ever gonna know everything and there's always gonna be something new to learn. So really just being somebody who's you know, get excited about that though. Don't feel like it's oh my gosh, you know, like overwhelming. But you know, get into like it's exciting and there's something new and there's something new that can be changing and and like you said, I mean, it's free right now to get on LinkedIn, to get on YouTube, to, you know what I mean? 
it's who knows in a year if it's going to be a pay to play place you know what i mean like even facebook it's become a pay to pay place on some areas right with advertising so i mean groups are awesome but there's still so many free things that you can use out there that would have cost you so much money before you know traditional advertising on television radio newspapers not to say that you can't do that now but it's i used to be the only way really right so now it's like it's yeah yeah so i'm just like and people might say you know so for you so those of you listening out there are watching this like you say yeah but holly youtube's so saturated now like instagram's saturated and it may feel like that but honestly in five years you're going to wish you would have jumped on now because it's really going to be different you know so it's, I think it's, it's a good time completely different here's the thing it's not too crowded to get in the game today mm-hmm. get in the game today and claim some of that real estate claim right. some of that space their linkedin is a fabulous place at this time as as of this recording to be hanging out mm-hmm. and to to get noticed and to share your content. You know, on LinkedIn, they allow you to, to write articles mm-hmm. and you don't have to have a lot of followers right now. I'm fortunate now I got into LinkedIn a number of years ago mm-hmm. and being able to grow it, but you don't have to have a lot of followers to start getting attention. If you right. publish an article and write an article, I mean, I tell people right now, hey, listen, why don't you make a commitment yourself just to write five articles start out with first five articles and then after that do do five more and after that do five more before you know it you have a number of articles or if, if writing is not your thing if you're more of a verbal person you can get your phone mm-hmm. and figure out a way to record a message to say something that can be a benefit it can be a short five minute message if you're not comfortable with being in front of the camera record it Mm-hmm. We, right now they're listening to a podcast figure yeah. out and go online how to do a podcast that's right there, there's there's space here mm-hmm. you just got to claim the space and step into it that's awesome i love it so yeah so now i want to talk about i know we had kind of mentioned this in the beginning before we wrap up is about mindset because i know that is so important that and being continu- you know continually learning I think are the two really biggest thing and learning the skills of grant writing, learning the skills of doing other services are almost after that in a way, like, or it's all a part of it. But I think these other things is if you want to be a freelance grant writer, having good mindset. And even if you're working as a grant writer in a nonprofit, being positive and having good mindset about the grants that are submitted is so important. So I love that you are like, that you talk about that. And yeah. So can you please share a little bit of your, your wisdom with us? Be happy to. I think the foundational thing for everything I do, it starts with mindset. I think the most important investment, the most important investment that anyone that's listening right now can make right now that will provide the maximum return on whatever they're doing, whether it's grant writing, grant writing business, whether it's going to a new place in your career, that it all goes back to mindset. So I would say investing as much time on working on you as you spend working on your job, which means that that should be something that you do every single day to start getting your self-worth where it needs to be, getting your self-confidence where it needs to be, getting your esteem about how you feel about you 
<laughs> to a good place. Because if you don't feel good about you, you're not going to be able to charge people what you're worth. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you will. Maybe if your worth is low, you'll charge them low amounts and you'll right. get low. Yeah. But if you go to work on that area and start increasing your value and recognizing, wow, I make a valuable contribution over here, or really getting beyond the fear, really getting beyond the fear and, and, and saying, okay, great, how do I get there? And doing what you can mentally, emotionally to take yourself to that place. That's the most, that's probably the most valuable contribution. That's probably the most valuable investment that any of our listeners right now can make. And once you get that, all the other things begin to fall in place. Because if you have the right mindset that I can make this happen, then you will go and find the information that you need. Or if you get the mindset that, okay, wow, I can start this business, you have the guts to say, okay, great, hey, I'm going to take Holly up on that offer to start working with her and allow her to coach me up and build me up in this area so I can go and write these grants right start my business or whatever but the mindset is wrong man, you're not gonna you're, not gonna, you're gonna stay second fear mm-hmm. so i would say hey go to work on that because life is short <laughs> it's too short to be stuck in a cave that's right get out the cave and learn <laughs> and grow. so do you have any kind of tools that you use or you know kind of like what's your daily kind of thing to keep your mindset up that that's a great question here's what i do on a daily basis as soon as i wake up, I'm programming my mind and feeding my mind information, audio books, listeners that inspire me. And what I do is two things. I starve out. I starve like <laughs> like I put it in the corner and duct tape it. In. I starve the fear. I starve the doubt. I starve that this can't be done because we all have those little voices that try to try to speak to us, to tell us, no, you can't do this. You can't, you're not like, oh, and those voices oftentimes are traced back to all of our childhood. And we gotta, we gotta go back and we gotta silence those voices. Maybe somebody said something to us that damaged our esteem, and that thing is still playing like a tape recorder, like a, a, a song that's on replay, continues to be being playing. We gotta stop that. So I starve that and when, and, and become conscious. That, hey, this is what's happening, and stop it, and then immediately get information in that I have on my phone, on different programs that I listen to to feed the confidence, to feed that you can do this, to feed, hey, what's possible. I listen and see other people like a Holly that's doing a business. Oh, well, Holly did it, I can do it. So and so, so and so, right? He did, oh, I can do it. If he did, and, and, and feed myself confidence mm-hmm. by taking, a t- taking note what others are doing is okay great they did i can do it as well but that takes work continuously so i have a a number of different people that i listen to that motivate me and and that's that's my routine starving and feeding oh i love it i love it yeah because you can't just like push in the positive without like stopping the negative if they're both playing then it's you know like Napoleon Hill says, um, you know, if you say day in, day in every way, I'm getting better and better, but there's no emotion behind it. If there's no real belief behind it, what good is yeah. that really doing? Right. So it's like, there is a place to get positive and, and there's so many books out there. Like, I love that you listen to, you know, you're listening to audiobooks and that sort of thing and reading books. And, and, um, that's what I do a lot of too. And it's so good. And it's, it really does make a huge difference, you know, even just being aware of the content you're putting in your head, like 
you know, what kind of like, what kind of TV are you watching? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what kind of shows? Like Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's all, it's all sending a message. It's all, yeah. I've, you know, and, and some people for me, maybe it's maybe a bit of stream, but I, I watch, I, I don't watch TV. I just mm-hmm. don't watch. It. And I, I choose, hey, what am I going to program myself with? And I'm very conscious about what I allow to program myself because I realize at the end of the day, there's a message. And, and think about this. They spend billions of dollars, not millions, billions of dollars advertising to us just to get a message in front of us. Yeah. And they know the power of putting a message in front of us, how it has the impact or how it will impact us to take a certain course of action. So I like to do, I like to put, I like to advertise to myself. Yeah. I like <laughs> vision boards. I believe in vision boards. Mm-hmm. Any of your listeners that are out there, don't have a vision board, then Google how to do a vision board. That's right. And, and That's put, right. advertise to yourself and put those messages in front of you and mm-hmm. keep those positive messages that reinforce what you want. And before you know it, you'll find yourself the same power that they use to spend billions of dollars to get their messages in front of you. When you do that, you will be amazed that when you program yourself, what will come out. It's like advertising to yourself. I love that. Advertise it to yourself. That's fantastic. Like you are, you know, you're in control of your life. So yes. <laughs> other people control it because they will. So yeah, it's about getting in front of it. All right. So Rodney, we're going to wrap up here, but I am so thankful and honored that you came on the show. So thank My you pleasure. so much. And I want to say to people, now that you've got to hear Rodney, meet him, know more about him, you might be more curious to find out more stuff about Rodney and to follow him. So once again, you can definitely check out www.grantcentralusa.com for his website. So please check him out there. Like I said, he's super big on LinkedIn. He's got a LinkedIn group. That's absolutely amazing. So are you on LinkedIn as Grant, uh, Grant Central USA as well or under your own name? It's What's under, uh, it's actually both. I have, uh, right. looking up with Rodney Walker and LinkedIn. I think my, my handle at the very end is like Rodney Walker 180. You can okay. find me there. And I mean, I'd love to, love to connect with them in any kind of way that I can help. You know, they're already hanging out with a winner of you. So any kind of way that I can help and add on, I, yeah. I appreciate what you're doing. And I appreciate how you come along and inspire these people, those that, are, that are, have been working with you. And you guys have a goldmine. You came to dig into what Holly's uh, sharing. She's a great woman. And as you look at a website and all those those great resources, take advantage of it. Any kind of way that I can assist, just know that I'm, I'm in, in both of your corners as well. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Rodney. This is so awesome. So yeah, so he's got webinars too. You've got some some webinars out there that people can get on and involved in. You have online courses. And who knows, eventually Rodney and I might do something together. We were we talking about this. Maybe we'll yes. make it. It's going to happen. We already, <laughs> already, already talked about that. Done deal. That's awesome. going to happen. Stay tuned. That's right. Stay tuned for what's coming up. So yeah. So um, anyways, thank you once again for uh, joining the show. Any final words of anything to the listeners out there? Man, my final words always ends up coming to three taglines. My encouragement to everybody that's out there is think about doing any type of grant writing, any kind of business. And it doesn't have to be grants. Just anything in life. It really boils down to these three things. To be brave to be bold and in all your actions to be brilliant and really to, to make up in your mind today to take charge. And if you'll do that, <laughs> you will be amazed at what will happen. 
Oh, I love it. All right, guys. So you heard it from him. Be bold, be brave, and be brilliant. Thank you so much, Rodney. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me again. Have a good one. Do you want to join the Changemaker Tribe and get courses, downloadable checklists, samples of awarded grants, behind-the-scenes live Q&A with myself and the Tribe, and discounts on grant services? Be sure to join the Changemaker membership at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash membership. Thank you for listening to this grant writing and funding podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your time. For more questions, email Holly at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com or visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com. 